Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here we go, And welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Uh, Lloyd Johnson had a little bit of an accent. He's in the hospital right now. Uh, we'll get to that next episode. But sitting in is a very, very special guest. Introduce yourself, man. Yes, I'm Malik Wright, CEO of the Right Way Sports Network, uh, Bengals' official gift team. Dude, that is, dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I know you're like, you've been like kind of... You're like the Bengals Adam Schefter a little bit. Like Bengals fans kind of are kind of like glued to your Twitter a little bit. Yeah. You yeah, and Goodberry like... and Rapine. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on, Alex. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, yeah, so uh so Thomas, like you got started how'd you get started in like sports reporting and like going to the Bengals and stuff? Like what made you want to become like a Bengals reporter and a beat writer, basically? So the funny thing is, uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not even a Bengals, you know, beat reporter or even a writer, for instance. I'm just a guy who runs his own sports news media company who happens to be a Bengals fan. And uh, that's, that's literally what I consider myself, right? Uh, I have a team of over 50 people, writers, uh, content creators, and things of that nature. Uh, a lot of, a lot of talented writers and content creators that I have on my team. But um, I launched the Right Way Sports Network back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work for another company called Back Sports Page. Uh, in Fairfield, New Jersey, I uh, wanted to branch off on my own, do something a little different. Wanted to, you know, tackle more national sports. So that's what we did with the Right Way Sports Network. And through throughout the way, along the way, I've made uh, some awesome connections with a lot of people in and outside of that building, and, uh, uh, and across other uh, teams as well. That's awesome. And I just saw today that like a couple of the people that work for your company, they're going to be going to Cleveland. Yeah, uh, we got Jake Circus actually. It was supposed to be one of my other guys, but. Due to some COVID restrictions, the NFL is only allowing one person per media team right now. Okay. Um, yeah, Jake Jake Circus, a uh, guy who does tremendous work here at TWSN. Uh, he'll be, you know, covering the NFL draft live in Cleveland. I'm excited for him. It's an awesome opportunity. It's so much fun. Like, because my friend Danny has repeatedly said, this is going to be an all-time draft as far as yeah. like, ratings and intrigue and honestly also player potential because there's the players at the top it seems like every player is getting hyped up to like a different yeah. level. Like with five of the Bengals, we'll get this a little bit. There are three possibilities and you really can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly think that this is one of those drafts where um, I think people are so sports craved and so NFL draft craved, right? This is a crazy time. Everybody's coming out with their mock drafts and things of that nature. I think some people are hyping prospects up a little bit too much personally. Yes. But um, I think certain prospects are also getting properly ready. And some I think aren't being talked about enough. I don't think Penny Sugal is being given the respect he deserves. Like when, when I look at it and I do my own film analysis and review, yep. I think Penny Sugal, for instance, is the best offensive lineman in this draft. He's the best offensive line prospect that I've ever seen. 
Personally. He is so so for a long time, actually since January, he's been the player that I've preferred over no, it's not again, it's not a knock on Chase, it's not a knock on Kyle Pitts. Yeah. It's just like it's due to Burroughs knee PTSD. That's mm-hmm. kind of why I've been Penny Sewell, pro Penny Sewell since right. January. And then again, right. not a knock on Jamar, not a knock on Kyle Pitts. It's just where right. I've been for the past, honestly, since the end of last season. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't blame you at all. I mean, I, I think I was there as well. And I, I, you know, I put out a tweet today. I said, listen, don't mistake who I say the Bengals, who I report, who the Bengals are going to pick with the fifth overall pick for who I personally love. I still love Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell is still my favorite player in this draft. He's a guy who I've been salivating over for so long because I think he can do wonders for an offensive line. And whoever lands him, Detroit, uh, you know, they're going to be in for, for uh, having a hell of a player, a, a true anchor on that offensive line. You think, they're, you think Detroit's going so well? Yeah. I think that's Detroit. Detroit's dream scenario is landing Penay Sewell. Penay Sewell lands on that Detroit offensive line, does wonders. I could. My I was thinking they were going to go wide receiver because they lost Galladay and I think they lost Marvin Jones too. So they're very depleted right now. Yeah, no, they they, they certainly are. But I see them going Penay Sewell because he completes their offensive line. They yeah. don't have that anchor at, at left tackle. I so I certainly think that. You know, you could look at them going, grabbing a receiver, but also this is, I won't say this is a, a deep receiver draft class in terms of top, you got your, got your top guys, guys like Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, obviously, Devontae Smith, so on and so forth. But I just think that for what the Lions are trying to do and what the Lions are going to do, I think that Penny Sue was the perfect pick. And from people that I've talked to with the Detroit Lions, they are hoping, they're praying that he's there. He would be their dream home run scenario. Yeah, I mean, you really – like, Detroit really can't go wrong because they just got – honestly, my opinion, they kind of downgraded from Stafford to Goff. Yeah. So, and they need to keep him upright to – like, do you think they're going to make any more free agency signings? At, did they make any free agency wide receiver signings? I don't know if they did. I don't, I'm not sure if the – I don't think that they did, actually. Um, but I, I don't see the Detroit Lions – I mean, maybe they can add somebody. Maybe they can add somebody later down the stretch if the draft doesn't pan out the way they want it to. But, once again, the draft is a crapshoot, right? So, you just – you, you never know how it's going to pan out. You never know who's going to land in your lap, so. Yeah. It's a, well, Detroit's advantage right now is draft capital because with the Stafford trade, they got two first-rounders from St. Louis in addition to a seventh overall pick this year. So if they draft Sewell, their foundation is going to be set for probably 10 years. Right. I agree. And I, I think that – I think Penny Sewell is an obvious pick. You don't let a prospect get – a prospect like Penny Sue will get to, get to you and you not draft him, right, unless you are a team that can afford to pass up on him because you know it's a deep draft class and you know that somebody's going to be sitting there at, you know, your second overall pick or if you have another first overall pick. That's the only way you pass up on Penny Sue because let me tell you something, I've said it. If Jamar Chase was not in this draft, Penny Sue would 100% be the, NFL, be the Bengals pick. Even, even with Pitts? Yes, even with yeah. Pitts. That's, yeah. I was just thinking about this like a little bit ago. That's how good of a position the Bengals are in right now. They are saying they don't need maybe the best tight end prospect of the past 10, 15 years. They're saying we're good on the second guy on Mel's big board. Yeah, I mean, I think also it's a comfort level with guys like C.J. Uzama. And I mean, people might look at it like, what? Like, you know, it's a comfort level with C.J. <clears throat> Uzama. You also have to look at – you have to factor into the, how much uh, – a tight end is actually factored into the Bengals, um, Bengals offense, right? It's a luxury position. I think that's what people don't understand. When you're picking at five, you want a game changer. You want somebody who's going to absolutely break the, break, break the game open. And let me tell you something. The, the spot that the Bengals are shitting in right now, 
they have the opportunity to get the best uh, non-quarterback in the draft, right? They have the opportunity With, to get the whether it's Chase Pitts or Sewell. Whether it's uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say uh, we could we could say that, but uh, yes. <laughs> I certainly think it's going to come down to uh, not come down to. I, it's it's Chase in my opinion. And, uh, yes, I, I think I, I think. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The likely pick is Chase. Yeah, so I just think that you it's hard to pass upon a guy like that, but had had trades not gone down the way they went down, certainly you could see a scenario where, where Penny Sewell lands in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about this too, where um, Chase was the Bolitnikoff winner on yeah. a team that had the best rookie receiver in the 2020 class. That really says something. Yeah. I mean, I think the people also are, are forgetting because he sat out last year, Jamar Chase was, the number one receiver on his team at LSU. Now you let Joe Burrow tell the story. They'll say, Oh no, we didn't have a number one. We just passed the open guy. No, Jamar chase was, was always taking on the opposing team's number one defensive back. So like, I think that when you look at it and you see the numbers that he put up uh, with Joe Burrow in, in that LSU offense where everybody was getting their opportunities, right? If you look at what Devonte Smith did this year, right. And you look at what Jamar chase did last year, I think that they're very similar, but I also don't think that, um, Jamar Chase necessarily. I think Jamar Chase went up against tougher competition, and it was a lot harder for him to get his touches. And yeah, all things that was so star studded. And 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 uh, God, uh, Sante Samuel. Like he Diggs, was going up against too. He was going up against everybody. CJ Henderson. I mean, everybody that you could think of. He was going up against the best of the best. He was just blowing them all out of the water. And with the 2019, like with him opting out of 2020. It was just an extended offseason more. He's using yeah. that time to get bigger, stronger, faster. Like 23 reps at his pro day, that's not normal, especially yeah. for a wide receiver. I think Sewell only had like six or seven more than that. Yeah, I, I think people thought that – I don't know what people thought. I think people thought that maybe they were going to get the same Jamar Chase, you know, they, that they saw when he, the kid was 19 years old. What did you guys think he was doing? Did you think he was sitting down – you know, playing video games throughout None the entire year. No. Right. He was working on his craft, getting better. He got stronger, faster, post unreal numbers at his pro day, ran a fast 40 time. That was one of the knocks on him, you know? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm head over hills for the guy. I think that he's going to do tremendous for um, our football team, the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. And I, be fantastic. I'm, and he's one of those guys where it doesn't matter where he lands, where he, if he, if he didn't land in Cincinnati, if he landed somewhere else, I think he would easily make his mark. Yeah, easily. And I'm thinking, like, with the Dolphins at six, I think the Dolphins are going to take who the Bengals don't take, whether it's yeah. between 
I wouldn't be surprised if they go Sewell, especially with the failed Isaiah Wilson experiment. Yeah, you know, it's weird, right? I think if the Dolphins were – I don't see them going Sewell only because I think that if they were going to go Sewell, they would have just stayed put. They would have just stayed put to where it is. Now you, you, you give yourself a bigger risk. Um, I, think that the, I think the Dolphins' entire plan was obviously to accumulate picks, but I also think that there was an opportunity for them to uh, grab a pass catcher. Um, whether that be a Kyle Pitts, whether that be a Jamar Chase, whether that be a Devontae, whether that be a Jalen Waddle. There was somebody that the Dolphins knew was going to last, land, land at them. Um, Penny Sewell's not too guaranteed. I, I, I wouldn't have played with – I don't think that they were playing with fire with the hopes of landing Penny Sewell because if they were set on Penny Sewell, I think they would have stayed put and just drafted him. Yeah. God, the position there the, – what happened with the – like because they got the third overall – they got a first-round pick from the Texans – for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. And then that ended up being a third overall pick. So basically they got like a shit ton of first round picks. Yeah. For a pretty good offensive lineman. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 they lucked out. They lucked out. And it sucks, right? Because you're looking at it, it's like, damn, this could have been the year if the Texans could have really did something. And now that it's uh, like, it was a complete 180. They could have yeah. traded Deshaun Watson and then he got in trouble. He could be out of the league for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that whole situation takes out. You hate to see a player, uh, you know, involved in that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I, I wish the best for, you know, the victims and for Deshaun if, he, if he's not guilty in the situation. Yeah, it's, it's such a tough situation, especially for – because, like, how do, you, how do you deal with it? Like, you got to – Yeah. Honestly, you have to do due process. You have to, like, right. thoroughly investigate it. I mean, you have probably, what, five months to do so? Yeah, I, my – only thing I'll say is that I'm a firm believer that everybody deserves their due day in court. Yep. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I, um, it's, a, it's just an unfortunate situation, but it's also alarming to see that many women come out, come out you know, uh, with, with the same, with similar accusations. So like, um, you know, I just hope that we get, the, we get the truth. In the, in the yes. End. I think it'll come out eventually. I think um, I kind of joke because um, 20, I think he had like what, 21 lawsuits or something like that. Around 21 lawsuits, but then 18 yeah, he had, women, yeah, he had, 18 he women had pretty, said he's, he was perfectly professional, which begs right. the totally different question, who has 39 masseuses? Exactly. And it's the same question kind of like a friend of mine had posted me. He's like, hey, how, let's, let's look at your barbers, for instance. How many barbers do you go to? And I said, <laughs> wow, that's I never thought about. And he's like, do you have one barber? Do you have 25? I said, I have one barber. He said, exactly. What's wrong with that one barber? Like, what's wrong with... With with all these with all these masseuses that he keeps switching masseuses, what's going yeah, on? I think there? So it might be due to the fact that he's like he's on the road all the time and he's going to like completely different cities and he can afford like yeah. different masseuses. But but that's all beside the point. So my my co-host and I have been talking about the fact that the intrigue at the draft starts with four, and yeah. it came out today on I think Shafty's Twitter that the Falcons could trade Julio Jones. Yeah, I, 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 listen, I think that Julio Jones is a guy that's always thrown around in trade talks. People, not never with the Falcons, but more so people are always inquiring about, inquiring with the Falcons, with seeing, seeing on his availability and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, even if he does get traded, it will be after June 1st, which would have virtually no effect on this draft. And yeah. I'd like to think that if the Falcons are going to trade Julio Jones, they would want some immediate return on investment. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, trading a guy and not getting anything or waiting, having to wait an entire year to see who they might get. So I, I, I don't see a scenario in which 
that affects anything that happens at four. I know that that's the narrative going around right there. But, I mean, guys, listen, Julio Jones is involved in trade talks every year where other teams, opposing teams, it was the Patriots for a long time, are making calls and calls and calls to um, the Atlanta Falcons, seeing if they'll come up, a, come up off a of Julio Jones. I just don't see it at this point. Yeah, because they're – I mean, their receiver core, now they're like – I mean, the corpse of Edelman retired. And now it's just like a, a – like, not a lot of receivers on that team with, like – I mean, Myers is fine, but then Demir Bird and then – well, they got Aguilar and they got – who else? they got Aguilar and one other person. I forget who the other one was. I, I, I Listen, I don't know their receiving, their receiving core right now, but I know that they – they added some pretty good pass catchers in Hunter Henry and uh and, and um, Johnny Smith. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Smith. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, it's gonna be exciting for see if Cam can, Cam can return to form. Yes, because I think he didn't have a training camp last year, and then there were times where it just looked like Cam Newton just did not throw know how to throw a football. Mm-hmm. It's like his throwing motion looked fucked, and it was yeah. it was a whole nine yards. He didn't look like himself. <laughs> no, it wasn't the Cam Newton of old that was just like running around the field and being the best athlete in the NFL. Right. Right, right. So you, you want to see him return to that. Hopefully we see it, though. We'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see it. Um, actually, I need to take a quick time out. I need to get my computer charged. It'll take like probably no 10 seconds. While Alex looks for his laptop like the dumbass he is, we're going to take time to thank one of our longest sponsors, Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. And if you also want to bring home the game, what you could do, a little fun thing, you could join the locker room. That's a fun little thing we do. It is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. You're going to see me on there next week. You're going to see our friends uh, Danny and Tyler on this Thursday. We might be live streaming the first round of the draft. Stay fucking tuned. It's free to download and and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Breaking news, man. You can share your own experiences on the app. It's a, again, you can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, and react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. I will be hosting a live room. I'm going to try to this Thursday for the first round of the NFL Draft with my friend Danny Samet. I cannot wait to do that. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join our group. Uh, follow me at F-U-W-L-T Bengals to be notified when my room goes live. We will be going live at 8 p.m. for the first round of the NFL Draft. Stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of fun. We might do Molly. Who knows? But again, stay tuned. It's going to be the shit. And let's get back to the sode. So we'll talk the – I think we've already talked the Falcons at four. 
there, I think the possibilities are honestly kind of endless because I saw the San Francisco at three is looking between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And a uh, lot of Falcons fans, my buddy Danny's a big Falcons fan, he likes um, Fields a lot. So I think the Falcons have more of a debate, Falcons fans have more of a debate, or the Falcons themselves have more of a debate than the Bengals do. Because they're debating between a quarterback, maybe Kyle Pitts, maybe Sewell, who knows? Yeah, I, I think that, I, I'm, I don't know what they're going to do, to be quite honest with you, but uh, every single time I analyze it, I just keep coming back to the fact that Justin Fields, he's a hometown boy. You know, you got an aging quarterback in Matt Ryan who's like, what, 37 years old, two years left on Drafted the field. Drafted three overall 2008. Yeah, new coach, going to want his guy. The Falcons are a very talented team. To be honest with you, with the talent they have on their roster, they have no business picking it at, at um, four. I like you don't know when you're going to – you don't know when they're going to be back in this, you know, position again. I just think that you grab your guy now. I think the Falcons should just draft Justin Fields, grab their hometown boy, have him learn under Matt Ryan for a year, trade Matt Ryan when he has a year left on his deal, you know, get some value in return for him. You're going to certainly get some value for him, whether it be a third or second. You're going to get something in return for Matt Ryan. Yes, you are. And then you, you use that to build on your future court, but now you have your quarterback waiting in the wings in Justin Fields. It's, it's not going to be a, like a Jordan Love situation where he's going to be like waiting for – you don't know when he's going to come. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan isn't on the level of Aaron Rodgers, right? So, like, no. I think that there's also a reason why they're picking third overall. Matt Ryan is certainly still a very capable quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers is in a situation where he's still playing like the best quarterback in the league, still taking his team to the playoffs. Yeah. And to be honest with you, they had no they, – they're lucky. They got – they lucked out. I think they traded up to get uh, – Jordan Jordan Love yes, so like I, I think that they lucked out with that pick I think that it 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 was a situation that made it did not make sense I'm sorry it only made sense if you were trying to get if you knew you were moving on from Aaron Rodgers in the future now this situation is totally different Matt Ryan is long removed from his MVP type caliber days right and he's no longer that from, guy and he's long removed from his Super Bowl days of four years ago especially since now they're picking fourth overall exactly so have him learn, have him, have him, have Justin Fields learn under Matt Ryan for a year. You got your quarterback in the waiting, you trade Matt Ryan. That's the smart thing to do. Their new GM, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's what I would do. I would, I would drive Justin Fields, have him learn from Matt Ryan and trade Matt Ryan after next, you know, after next season and then get something in return for him. I think that's the smartest thing to do. And they also have like, I love their receiver core because they have like, Rid, like again, Julio is just leading that receiver core right now. But they have Ridley. I love Russell Gage because I, me personally, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for receivers who like don't get a ton of opportunities, but when they do, they really step up. And yeah. Russell Gage is on that list for me. I love guys like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the opportunity just you know opportunity just meeting them square in the face. And I think it's it's up to them if they're going to take it. Honestly, I think that the I think the Falcons need to draft Justin Fields prepare for the future because Matt Ryan, the fact of the matter is this is his last contract with the Falcons. Let's be honest. It's not, it's not like, we don't know how long guys, 37 years old. We don't know how long he's going to play anymore. Right. You're, you're at that point, you're, you're, we're banking on uh, almost 40 year old quarterback to, you know, keep leading us, keep leading us, keep leading us. So just prepare for the future. You know, when, when, when it's time to move on, it'll be time to move on and you'll have your quarterback in the waiting who has, who's learned from Matt Ryan. So then you'll go from there. The Chiefs, like, the Chiefs, like, kind of modeled this situation because they had Alex Smith, like, in his late 30s or so. They traded up to get football Jesus, 
let him learn for a year, put him in the last game, and then all of a sudden, just he took off. <laughs> I, I think the, 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 thing is, the thing is people don't realize is, right, you, you, you have to it's – a, it's a beautiful mold to go after. Some guys fumble it, right? Because I mean, if you figure if you're a new coach and you come in there, you're going to want your guy. Yep. Right. You know, like you'll come in eventually. Right. Originally, you'll come in and you'll be like, you'll say all the right things about the current starting quarterback, but eventually it's all going to come down to you wanting your guy. Right. When Jack Taylor first was with the Cincinnati Bengals, he had Andy Dalton and he said all the right things about Andy Dalton being so good. Then he benched the guy on his birthday for Ryan Finley. Right. So, like, it's one of those things where it's like, at the end of the day, if you have an opportunity to grab your guy, you grab your guy. This is Arthur Smith's opportunity to grab his guy. He's staring yep. at him right in the face, build with him grow with them. If it's Matt, if it's, if you got somebody else as your guy, you grab them. Either way, you draft your quarterback right here, Arthur Smith, because let me tell you something that's going to happen if you don't. If you don't do it, you'll go on and Matt Ryan will be your quarterback and you guys may have a struggling season again. Now your job is in question because people are wondering, do we hire the right guy? You don't know. Listen, and just as easy as it is, you know, as hard as it is to, um, you know, get to the playoffs, it's just as hard to, you know, get a top five overall pick. It's just hard because teams yeah. in the league, you know, are, you know, it, it just, it's just a toss up. You just never know. It's a game of chances. You really don't know. So at the end of the day, like get your guy while you can don't bank on, Oh, we'll get our guy next year. Cause then at that point you're trading capital for the future years to move up and grab your guy. Listen, grab Justin Fields. He's one of the best prospects in this draft. Top five. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you, I think you call it, you call it for what it is. So Justin Fields yeah. should be the pick. Yeah, so three, like, quarterbacks one and two, Lawrence and Wilson, they've been set for a little bit. Three through yeah. five have just been, like, kind of shuffled kind of throughout this whole process, whether it be Matt Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields. It's kind of been, like, shuffled throughout this whole process. And it's, If I had to make a prediction – Go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. If I had to make a prediction today, I, I personally would see it going Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase – Top five picks. Yeah. It's – yeah, because it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing – how far do you think Pitts falls then? I think Pitts falls to the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins draft him and do a double tight end set with Mike Gusecki I Kyle Pitts. That's, that is absolutely filthy with him. Yeah. I think – so how much – I don't – I didn't really watch Tua much in college, but how much did Tua if, – if the Dolphins are even sold on him, how much did Tua use his tight ends in college? I mean – not really much. Bama really didn't have too much, too, too much. They didn't really do that. He used the receivers, but you got to also realize he had the best offensive line in the country, right? He had the best offensive line in the country. He was able to sit back and just throw guys like Jalen Waddle. He was on guys like Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith. Um, That's Devontae why I'm Smith, not sold Henry on that. Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. And I forgot the other guy's name. There's one Jerry more Judy. other guy. Jerry Judy he was throwing to, right? So, like, yeah. you know, I don't know if I told you. I'm also a Crimson Tide fan as well. So, um, you know, I, I watched a ton of Bama. I watched a ton of Bama. That's why I'm able to be very critical of Mac Jones. Yeah, I was just like that. The whole Mac Mac Jones come to me comes across as kind of a golden boy, where yeah. it's like he's been able to coast and be that pocket passer because the Alabama line gives him a pocket. So when you transfer mm-hmm. him from an incredible system in Alabama to an, an NFL team who's picking in the top five, it might be a little bit of a reality check for Mac Jones. Right. I, I, I personally don't think Matt Jones is worth the first overall, a first round pick. Sorry, not first overall. I, I wouldn't draft him in the first round, but he's going to get drafted in the first round because it's a quarterback driven league and they need every quarterback in this league to, you know, be the next so on, so and so, the next John Elway, the next Tom Brady, the next Drew Brees, the next Peyton Manning, it's so on and so forth. So 
you know, I, I, I don't understand why we're talking more about Mac Jones than we're talking about Justin Fields. It's kind of alarming. I'm not understanding why that is the case, but Justin Fields is, is much better than him. I think it's – honestly, it's kind of the publicity that Mac Jones got at Alabama because he's been mm-hmm. – like I said, he's been throwing to guys forever. And his receivers yeah. are obviously – I mean, Devontae Smith – I mean, he, do you think Devontae Smith's going to pan out? I don't see why. I think, I, I, I think it all depends where he goes, right, because we see a lot of fast guys or a lot of talented receivers sometimes – don't they, they don't always pan out in the NFL right away, you know, with certain teams, because I think it also matters who you go to. I think if Devontae Smith is matched up with an offensive mastermind, I'm just using, I'm just throwing some names out as an example. Guys like Sean McVay, guys like Andy Reid, those guys know how to use offensive players. doesn't matter who they are. They'll put you in the best position to succeed. Sometimes you, you get coaches who want receivers to fit a certain mold and that's not really their strong suit. So it doesn't always pan out. Yeah. I saw this quote about Devontae Smith not too long ago where I think Chris Greer, the Dolphins GM, was talking about Mac Jones, and he said, he may be 166, but 15 of those pounds are in his nuts. <laughs> Which is that's a, the that's, ultimate yeah. competitor. Yeah, that, that, that's, I mean, that's what, you, that's, what you, that's what you want in your receiver. That's what you want in a guy you're picking for, you know, in the first round. You want a guy that's confident in his ability and who's able to you know, put it all together. So I, I certainly believe in Devontae Smith, but I also think his – with his particular skill set, it's all dependent upon where he, where he lands. Right. I think, I think it's, I think you have to, to to him to try to use him like in a situation, like as if he's like a Julio Jones or, you know, one of these top, that's just really not his skill set. Right. But you want to, you want him to open up the field. You want to, you want him to really allow him to use his speed because that's what makes him a game changer is his speed. And I've also, I'm also like kind of apprehend, like me personally, I'm apprehensive to like, go after that deep threat at fifth overall because they often end up a little bit of John Ross PTSD a little bit. Also a little bit of Henry Ruggs PTSD. It's like a lot of teams and the Raiders are the crown jewel example of this where they reach for a guy that's like, they pay less attention to his highlight reel and they just like yeah. they show up at the combine, watch his 40 time, then go home and just grab a beer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly uh, – I, 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 listen, I, I think that there is a need for speed, obviously, in the league. I think that there are certain guys who are just can't miss prospects. I still think, I still think the world of Henry Ruggs – I think the world of Devontae Smith, I think he's a little bit on the smaller side, but I'm not going to knock him for that, right? I think that his skill set could still work in the league. I think that people are just bored and they need stuff to talk about, so that's what they're talking about right now. That's why I think mock drafts have gotten so crazy, especially the ones on, like, PFF. They're just like – People are bored and they don't want just like, oh, it's the same mock draft again. They're just like, they're just making that one crazy pick just to get people talking. That's what Kyrie right. does, what McShay does. There's a couple of other guy writers that do that. Yeah. They yeah. want to get people talking. And get yeah, I'm so, I'm so over mock drafts. I'm tired of seeing them. <laughs> this is the first, because I've, I've tried to find like a website for like mock drafts and shit for fucking years. And yeah. then all of a sudden, because every website I've gone to has just been so shitty and the text right. like that. All of a sudden, PFF pops up with a perfect system. All of a sudden, you're great at into a mock draft that's honestly right. pretty good. Right, right, right. PFF is, is definitely – does does have an awesome mock draft simulator. So uh, they're one of the more accurate ones. Some of them are absolutely crazy. Like I, I think I saw a mock draft today that had Tevin Jenkins out of the first round. I'm just like, I don't – Okay, I, you know, like I think that's, I think we're getting to a little bit, bit of a crazy season now, personally. Yeah, it's because people are like this. 
I've been involved in the debate a little bit, Houday Nation on Facebook. That's been like my group of mm-hmm. like debate. You've gotten a lot of shout outs in that. People have been oh, like, because Team Chase, you, like you've been like, you have been like the king of like team, you have been the guy that people look up to when it's like Team Chase, Malik Wright says that stuff. So yeah, and, and you've been kind of like accurately predicting like who's going to go and like to like free agency and stuff like that. And so people are like, yeah, Malik Wright's been right here. So who says he's not right with Jamar Chase? Yeah, no, uh, it's going to be, it's funny, a buddy of mine texts me, he's like, hey, get ready for your Twitter to blow up on Thursday when the Bengals Bengals select Jamar Chase. I said, again, you think? He said, yeah, again. Oh, yeah, it's going to. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I've got some awesome friends in the industry, you know, Lindsey Patterson, James Rapine, Jake Lisko. I was going to have Good, and I think we got lost in communication with emails and stuff and Joe Goodberry, you know, those, those are awesome people that always have supported me and support what I do. That's so, awesome. Uh, you know, they, they do an awesome job and I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm very fond of those people and they, they do a kick-ass job. No, it's, it's absolutely fantastic what they do because people looked at like Goodberry's Twitter's blown up. Uh, your Twitter's blown up because people like, people talk on your Twitter. They talk on Goodberry's Twitter. They just, I mean, yeah, I, I think people want to be informed. I think that's the biggest thing. People yeah. want to be informed. And you have a lot of talking heads who just talk sometimes, right? You got, you got people who just talk sometimes. I mean, I don't really – I like to talk when it, when it means something, you know, when, it, when I'm saying something that's absolutely meaningful. Yeah. Or, like, the same thing when I when it came to free agency. I only talked on stuff that I actually knew about. So, And uh, the same goes for the NFL draft. So it'll be very, very exciting. I'm excited for the entire Bengals fan base. I'm excited for the entire community. Because uh, Thursday night should be an awesome time for us. This has been an awesome offseason. Talking about with new uniforms and yeah, you know, so on and so forth. It's going to be an awesome time in Fall Brown Stadium. And we get to see. Um, so do you know it's going? We get to see like the jerseys on display. Goodell's going to hug whether it's Chase or Sewell, probably Chase. Time to take a little break and thank one of our newest sponsors, Canaan uh, Sunglasses. Your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KANANCAST15 at KANAN.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KANAN. Clearly better. The Japanese optics, they make KANAN's lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger than the other lenses. That's a lot of adjectives. You can't deny that. They're Italian-made frames. They only make polarized lenses, and they're very, very hard to scratch. You can't fuck them up. I'm irresponsible, which means I'll come up with fucked up sunglasses every now and then. Who the fuck knows? They design and manufacture. Canon designs and manufactures are high-performance eyewear to be clearly better than any sunglasses you've tried before. Uh, Use the code CANON15 and use this code to receive 15% 15 off on your first pair of Canons. And if you want to bet on how hard it is to scratch up those damn sunglasses, you should check out one of our longest sponsors, Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are, are now 
on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. So do you know if Chase or Sewell, do you know if they're going to be at the draft? Uh, Jamar Chase will be. Jamar Chase will be? Yeah. I, 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 I tagged my guy Jake. I said, Jake, it, it, you know, it's time for you to interview him when he, when, he, when he comes through for the media. Talk to him about, you know, coming to Cincinnati. So. Yeah. And so I was watching Taylor's – Zach Taylor did a press conference earlier. I think I heard Rakim yeah. too. But yeah. Taylor was seemingly talked more – he – he talked with the cadence that he was going to draft Chase. Like, I think he had one question uh, asked to him about Sewell. And mm-hmm. the way he answered the question, the way he worded it was like, he's going to be a great player for another team. Because one, one thing he said caught my eye a little bit, or caught my ear a little bit. He said, I can certainly see why he's going to be a top pick. Yeah, I think he said he's going to he certainly see why he put himself in a position to be, in a, be a top pick. Um, I, I, you know, listen, I, I, I think Zach Taylor is the king of coach speak personally. Yes, he's he the is. absolute – he's very the king of coach speak. So he's very – but, you know, um, I, I think that when you're around it long enough, like, you know, having me – I have spoken with coaches before and things of that nature. You kind of, like, can read between the lines of certain things that they say if you're actually just listening with effective listening. He said – you know, today, oh, you know, we're, you know, Jamar, Devon, uh, sorry, Jamar Chase is, we're, we know we're going to get a premier player at five. And then in the next breath, he says, Jamar Chase is a premier player. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's things of that nature. But I don't think that the Bengals have necessarily hid, hid who, they, who they were targeting either at five either. So, like, I think that all the tea leaves, uh, you know, right down to the Riley Reef guy, right, Riley Reef signing. When, Riley, when they signed Riley Reef, that opened up the entire draft board. Remember, they signed Riley Reef. I'm not sure if people know this, but they signed Riley Reef with the intentions of thinking Penny Sewell wasn't going to be there. So oh, they really? were targeting, yeah, they were targeting DeMar Chase a while ago. So when they signed, um, cause you gotta remember who was ahead of us before. You gotta remember who was ahead of us before. So, Dolphins. you know, they didn't know what the Dolphins were going to do. They didn't know what the Falcons were going to do. The Falcons did a lot of homework last year on offensive tackles, right? So they had to prepare as if, you know, they weren't going to draft Penny Sewell. They didn't think that Penny Sewell was going to fall to them. Then all of a sudden trades start happening. Now it's like, okay, we're definitely staying at five. We're definitely going to land one of our guys. And so on and so forth. But this has been – Jamar Chase has been the focus for quite some time. Yes. I think ever since – yeah, ever since people were thinking that the Bengals – or the Dolphins were going to take Sewell at three. I was – the Bengals. That. And that's when you, they courted a 32-year-old uh, tackle to Jeff Ruby's. And they gave him yeah. the pitch of a lifetime to join the Cincinnati Bengals. That's why it was so imperative. That's why they talked about the importance of signing a guy like Riley Reith. It was so important to get him under contract because – he, they needed to. They needed to get him under contract because you don't know. They're looking at it like, okay, we're not going to be able to grab Penny Sewell, so we got to come out of free agency with something, with yep. something so that we don't pigeonhole ourselves. Now they're not pigeonholed. Now they got Riley Reef, who, regardless of Penny Sewell, was even going to be here or not, uh, he's your starting right tackle. You have yep. your starting right tackle. You have your starting left tackle. See all these 
these mock drafts coming out and people are saying, oh, you know, Penny Sewell was, Penny Sewell was not going to replace Jonah Williams on the left side. Jonah Williams is your starting left tackle. Whoever they draft in the second round will be the starting right tackle in the future and their right guard this year. So what, do you, what are the chances? Because Bengals fans are thinking Leatherwood. Leatherwood's going to be there at – is it 37 or 38? 38. Okay. What are the chances that Leatherwood is there at 37? He's got oh. accolades. He's an Outland Trophy winner. It's a crapshoot. I mean, the draft is a crapshoot. It's very hard to predict who's going to be there. Um, I, I certainly could see a scenario where he is there, but I could also see a scenario where a team likes him and he, he's not there. I could see a, team, a scenario in which he gets picked before us in the second round. Yep. Remember, there are still four picks ahead of us in the second round, right? So I think people are thinking like, like we have the first overall pick again. Like we, like, like, like we don't, right? So when the second round hits, guys, there are still four picks ahead of us. There are still trades that could happen where teams can come up for a, a premier offensive lineman ahead of us. These are things that we have to be mindful about. So like, um, I hope he's there. I also hope Dylan R- R- Randons is there. I think that whole pronounce his name, right? Um, Radons or something like that. Radons, 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 Radons. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his guy and, and this guy. So like, I hope he's there. I hope Alex other was there. I hope Samuel Cosby's there. All great players that I would like to add. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yes. We, um, cause I think other teams know that other teams know the Bengals draft. The other teams know the Bengals draft plan. Oh if yeah. Get, which seems like the most likely scenario. They draft a wide receiver at five. Other teams know they're going to draft a lineman in this. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. So I wouldn't be surprised if one team comes up, mm-hmm. sneaks in front of, at like, say, mm-hmm. six or 30. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't, grabs don't. Coffee, he grabs Leatherwood. Yeah. You, listen, the Bengals draft everybody, – everybody and their mother knows if the Cincinnati Bengals do not draft, which they won't draft, and they sue when they draft Jamar Chase, then they're going to go offensive line with the second, in the second round. Okay, well, let's jump them. Let's jump them beforehand, right? So don't allow that to happen. Get aggressive if you have to. Move up to – whatever it takes. Make sure you grab your guy in the second round because you need to repair this offensive line. It's imperative. Very badly because, like, in the beginning of the offseason, I was thinking my plan – was the right side was going to be Joe Tooney. I just le- now learned how to pronounce that. Joe Tooney and Sewell was going to be the right side of our line. Then all of a sudden wrenches get thrown in. The Chiefs, like I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow my my Twitter even while back then, man. I, I told everybody I said the Bengals are not going to sign Joe Tooney for not with the money he's going to come in. And I know we had people come out saying oh, I got I got screenshots with his sister, and you know we're we're going back and forth and kind of stuff. And I said, listen. The Bengals' philosophy, they, they, I think the most they've ever paid a guard was 6 to $7 million, and that was Clint Boylan, right? Yeah. Listen, their philosophy, philosophy has changed, but it has not, has not changed from $6 million to $15 million or, you know, $16 million, whatever it's going to take to get the best offensive lineman, best guard out there. That was never going to be the case. The Bengals were never going to sign that. People are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, okay. When, when it comes, I, I, it's not me being a party pooper, right? It's me being realistic. They're, yeah. the, the, team was ne- the team has not changed their philosophy enough to pay a guard that way. That's why, even if they go out right now and they sign a – the fact of the matter is the Bengals value tackles more than they value guard. And yep. they're gonna, they'll tell you otherwise, but the fact of the matter is, you know, you got to look at their pattern. Look at their pattern. Look at their history. They've always paid tackles, premier money, and they always paid guards, like, eh, money. Yep. So you look at the situation right now, you know, I don't want the Bengals to draft a solely premier guard in the second round. I don't want that to happen. I think the only guy is like Wyatt Davis, who's like, yeah, I think it's going to be like a mid-second round pick. I don't, I don't want that because I know if that guy turns out to be an absolute stud, the Bengals are not going to pay them in four years when they're when it's time to pay him. The Bengals yeah. don't like that person to walk. 
So yeah. why why do we want the Bengals to draft a guard, a strictly a guard? Us and I'd rather than draft a tackle that can play the tweener position and play guard rather than draft a strict guard who can't play tackle because in four years when his contract is up, he's going to ask for top tier money and you're going to say no to him and you're, we're going to be pissed because they're going to let him walk out the door and it's going to be a repeat rinse cycle. That's exactly what's going to happen. I also wondered, um, say, so look two years down the line with Jonah Williams because he's only played 10 games in out of 32 so far. Hmm. One argument I think with Sewell is if Jonah doesn't get like, if Jonah doesn't get re-signed two, three years from now, and he's on another team on a cheap ass one year, $6 million contract or so, the Bengals might have to start over. I, again, this is just thinking hypothetically here. But. Um, I, I think that Jonah Williams is going to be fine. I think Jonah Williams, at the, you don't need him to be an Andrew Whitworth. You just need him to be a capable starting left tackle, right? Yep. Not all, not all left tackles in the league are perfect, right? Sometimes you've got guys who are just capable, who are good, who are good, good quality starters. I think Jonah Williams has a high ceiling. I just think he's been, I do too. I think he's been bitten with the injury bug, and I think he's also had the misfortune of playing next to, um, I would say, interesting, interesting players. He's had the, he's had the, uh, he, he's had the unfortunate, you know, opportunity to play next to some less than spectacular talent. So it's made, it's made out to look as if he's not how, not as good as he, he, as he is because he has to worry about so many things because the other guy next to him might be a schlep. So. Yeah. And especially since he spends four games a year going against two games a year, going against TJ Watt, two games a year going against miles Garrett Two, I mean, granted, I think miles and Bosa might be, or not Bosa, TJ Watt might be on the right side, but mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that's um, – do you think Pollock's going to help him out at all? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Pollock is the best. Pollock is one of the – is probably top three, in my opinion, best offensive line coaches in the league. And um, I personally think that you – we improve exponentially. From, yes. From I think – um, I also think – do you think Reef's going to be a good mentor to, to – Oh, yeah. Wins? And I think Reef – I think Reef is going to bring stability to the offensive line. I think Reef is a starting – a very capable starting right tackle. You're going to notice a noticeable difference out there. I cannot um, wait. With, with Riley Reef at the right side and Jonah Williams on the left side, and you got Quentin Spain at left guard or right guard, and or and Xavier Sufilo or somebody else, there. Hopkins. Yeah, I, 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 you know, whoever they add on the offensive line as well, um, maybe they add maybe they add a guard in the third round and a, a tackle in the tweener position in the second round. You, you, you can see this offensive line make tremendous improvements, and I'm, I'm here for it. I, I again, I hope so because. One thing I noticed with the Bengals every single year, they get bitten by the injury bug at the least deep position. Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate. You have to hope that it's Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Suofilo maybe, and Riley Reef. Yeah. Riley Reef or, 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 or Alex Leatherwood at the right guard position or whomever. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I'm excited personally. I think that – I don't think that the Bengals fans know – a have realized what the Bengals did the offseason, but I thought it was very strategic and I thought it was very smart. Certainly they could have improved more at the offensive line position, but there's still guys out there, right? Even if they don't make pan out with the draft, they want to Russell Okung still out there. Like there's yeah. Trey Turner still guys. So I'm not saying that they're going to obviously, but I am, I am saying that there is a what if option. There is a scenario in which this draft doesn't pan out the way they want it to. Well, so what happened with the Trey Turner talks? Because like he was a hot commodity for a little bit and all of a sudden no one's talking about him. Bengals and him had touched base before the who trade tweets came out and stuff like that. And yep. people thought, you know, it was like breaking news when I first said it, but that was old news. The Bengals had already touched base with him. And I just think that for his asking price, he was asking for a lot at the time. Yeah. I mean, I like, what a five, was he like a five time pro bowler or something like that? 
uh, yeah, he's a five-time pro bowler and stuff like that. And I just think that he's coming off of a down, I think down's two years and it's like, okay, you've, and um, you, you, you can't see yourself as something. You got to go off of what the proof says. And what the proof says is you put, in what, put up less of the stellar numbers the last two seasons. So this season being your worst. So, you know, maybe, maybe they can do something in the future. I, I but I, you know, that's, that's all I got to say about that one. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see like, because also, I'm also curious why the Bengals, and this, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm not in the front office. I'm just a dipshit fan of the mm-hmm. podcast. But I'm also wondering why the Bengals didn't sign a single wide receiver. Because now they only have five wide receivers on their depth chart. I mean, like me personally, at the beginning of the offseason, I was all over Curtis Samuel. That was like my guy I wanted to sign. I don't think the Bengals had any ties to him. But I was wondering why the Bengals didn't target a wide receiver. Was it because they wanted Jamar Chase? Was it because they wanted no, they targeted They targeted a wide receiver. They, they, they targeted a specific wide receiver. They targeted oh, they, uh, a guy. Kenny Galladay reached out to them, actually. Galladay said he wanted to play with Joe Burrow because his market wasn't shaping up the way he wanted it to. Then the Giants got wind of it. The Giants, you know, recruited them heavy. They said, hey, we want to get you in here. We're offering you a multi-year deal. Worth, He's the highest paid receiver. What's your, yeah, like $18 million or something like that. Why not take that, right? But before if, if the Giants had not swooped him with that offer, Kenny Galladay would be a Bengal today. Yeah, that would be I – mean, the, the, I mean, the Giants, like – I like their receiver core. It's just the question mark is Daniel Jones. Because right. So, Shepard – uh, Slayton, now Galladay, now they have John Ross. And... Right. <laughs> so I, I think a scenario is that you got to just look at it, right? What, what have the Bengals tried to do? The last two seasons, they've tried to upgrade the top-tier wide receiver position. They tried to trade for DeAndre Hopkins last year. They tried to, you know, get the deal done with Kenny Galladay this year. So the draft this year, they got the best wide receiver prospect, some are saying, since Julio Jones staring at them right in the face. Oh, by the way, he has – great rapport with your starting quarterback oh by the way they're great friends oh by the way he's explosive oh by the way he's that deep guy he's everything that you want yeah and he's staring at you right in the face and right then, if you answered your right tackle position so now you have that receiver standing in the face you draft him yep and i think um i don't i think chase and i think they're like secretly excited they can't be too excited because they know it's not it's not certain yet right if, if burrow and chase are like yeah yeah jamar and chase is like yeah burrow there's that possibility that some team's going to come up from like, like Detroit could come up or Denver come up and say, fuck you. And then supplant right. them. And right. Steal you the just bank. never know. It's, it's a game of chances. Time. The game of chances. You never know what the NFL, the NFL is a wild game, especially the draft. Yeah. Cause I, every time I watch Zach Taylor, he's so secretive about the way he talks. He's like, he just gives very basic, I mean, it's not a knock on Zach Taylor. He has to be like secretive about the way he talks. I, I think Zach. I think Zach and this coaching staff is extremely misunderstood. I'm actually a huge fan of theirs. I, I like think they're Zach Taylor mis- too. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a, I think they're extremely misunderstood, and I think that they've had some players who were less than bought in around them, who made it very hard for them to implement their system and implement what it is that they're trying to do. And now that they got the right players around them, I think it's going to make do wonders for this football team next year. It's gonna. I mean, it's been a consistent coaching staff because. I mean, Taylor's – I mean, his philosophy is like – I mean, granted, double the wins from last year, even though it's only four. But I'm – you're starting to see some things clicking, and you mm-hmm. hope that, like, some finishing pieces come in. Jamar could be – I mean, assuming Jamar comes in, it seems like the likely case. Yeah, and the coaching staff is much better. This coaching staff now, the way it's orchestrated, is much better than the coaching staff that was orchestrated when he first got here. The defensive line coach, Marion Hobby, I'm super excited about. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that Frank Pollock is back. I am head over heels that Frank Pollock oh, is so back. Is, I think Mixon was just like, sell, like jumping for joy and pissing. And right. he's the run game coordinator. And he's the run game coordinator because God knows they need to fix their running game. They need to get the running game up and going. And I remember when Frank Pollock was the offensive lines coach, Joe Mixon had, uh, had the AFC rushing title. Yeah, he also had – wait, who was the uh, – what year did Mixon get the rushing title? Was it 18 or 19? I it think was it was 19. 18. I think it was 18. Okay. I think I'm trying to think of what their line was back then. It was Alex Redman, Christian Westerman, Trey Hopkins, uh, Cordy Glenn at left tackle, and right tackle was Bobby Hart. <laughs> I mean, me, Joe, me, Joe Bengals, I'm just like – getting rid of Bobby Hart to me was addition by subtraction. Yeah, I I I, uh, I I don't want to talk too bad about him, but I will say that I'm I, I think that the offensive line will make drastic jumps this year. Yeah, I absolutely will. Just I'm excited with the way things are going to go. I mean, it seems like they're. It's not just going to be a second round lineman. They're going to get someone. I think more than likely either the third round or just somewhere randomly on day three. Yeah, yeah. No, no the Bengals are going to attack the offensive line position. They're going to upgrade, and we'll note We'll notice that the offensive line is upgraded as well and i can't wait for it i'm excited okay so you're saying chase what specifically besides all the stuff we talked about besides with like the deep threats and the strength like he's his nfl comp i actually guess this correctly was d hop people saying he's like kind of a d hop guy he's good at the contested catch he's a strong guy he's also got that report bro what else does jamar chase offer i think jamar chase's worth ethic is is second to none I think his yep. worth ethic. I think he's going to elevate the receivers in this room. I think that they're going to all push each other, similar to how they did at LSU. Jamar Chase is a quiet leader. He's a quiet leader. He's a guy that, from everybody that I've spoken with, he's a guy that you want to be around. He's a guy that makes you, you know, elevate your game. And he elevated Joe Burrow's game. Joe Burrow elevated his game. They pushed each other. And I could just see a scenario in which Jamar Chase elevates Tyler Boyd, especially because Tyler Boyd is ultra competitive. Yeah. Um, and, and, and T. Higgins as well. I think that I think that the, they have the ability to do something very special in the league and could be potentially one of the best trios in football. Yeah. I mean, that's what people thought was going to happen last year, but then green just yeah, I, didn't really do much, which is yeah, AJ, AJ green more so got paid by the Cincinnati Bengals in good faith, hoping that he could return back to form. And he just wasn't the same guy. I mean, I, I kind of figured that he would, he would slow down, but I, his slow, his, the way he, it was drastic. It was drastic. How bad he, how bad he looked. So I wondered this last year, did, was, Green covered by number one corners because other teams are probably going to go in thinking, oh, he's still A.J. Green of old. I mean, after a while, he was getting – I mean, he was getting covered by number one corners for sure. And then after a while, T. Higgins started to see the number one corner coverage. Yeah. And A.J. Green just – I think people started to realize, okay, A.J. Green is not the same A.J. Green anymore, so they stopped wasting their number one corner and started putting him on T. Higgins and tried to make that happen. And T. Higgins still played well. He had Denzel – he attracted Denzel Ward on him. You know, A.J. Green is just isn't the – you know, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he can blow us all away, go to Arizona and just light it up. But to me, it just seemed like A.J. Green um, either slowed down one or he was making business decisions out there to not, you know, yeah. injure, quote-unquote, injure himself. I also think it could be a mental game with him as well. Yeah, because I think, like, A.J. It's, – it just sucks what happened with A.J. Green because, like, me personally, like, I'm a homer. I wanted him to retire a bangle. I have his jersey yeah. in my closet. He's been – yeah. Yeah, I've got a chance to meet him a few times. I, I got a chance to meet meet the guy a few times. He was always awesome to interview and you know talk with and things of that nature. And I wish him I wish him nothing but the best. Him, Miranda, yeah, his his son Ace. I, I wish them nothing but the best. Um, 
you know, in, uh, in Arizona. Hopefully he rekindles some of that old magic he had in Cincinnati. Yeah. So where do you think Green, just, to, just for nostalgia purposes, where do you think Green ranks as far as all-time Bengals receivers? I think he's, in my opinion, I, I think him and Chad are very close. I, I think that A.J. Green, though, was just different. I thought, I thought Chad um, – I think, I, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. AJ Green's number one for me. I think AJ Green is the, is the best receiver in Bengals history, in my opinion. I think that what he was able to accomplish with the quarterback play that he had, no, no shot at Andy Dalton. I just think it was just absolutely night and day. It was just, it was completely different. I mean, Carson Palmer was, was, uh, was, was, uh, Chad's, was Chad's quarterback. So, you know, there's a different level of play in terms of the quarterback play, but AJ Green just, the things he was able to do with the, with the ball and the way he was able to just have so much control over his body. Some of the stuff you just saw him do just wasn't normal. It doesn't matter if AJ McCarron was throwing him, Jason Campbell was throwing him, Andy Dalton was throwing him, Bruce Krakowski was throwing him. The guy made plays. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, Chad had the better quarterback of the two. Yeah, for, for, for sure. Chad, Chad just had a loud, loud, loud mouth and he talked a lot. He was very entertaining. He was very entertaining. He's but still I just entertaining think- to this day, which probably Chad, like he showed in like the Bengals, um, uh, that was awesome. Photo shoot. Hasn't aged a day. Yeah. No. He looks like he can go out there right now and be the same old Ocho. Now, we certainly know he can't because we saw his last year yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. But, uh, no, Ch- Chad definitely uh, – Chad is definitely a character. He's awesome. No, he's been – he was, like, one of my favorite players growing up. I think he was the first jersey I ever owned. Yeah. He's, he, we're, we're lucky to have him part of the Bengals Nation. Yes. All right. So, I think uh, – I don't want to take up too much of your time. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, a sure. couple, fi- couple final thoughts. Again, you're thinking Jamar Chase at number five. Where do, if, you, if you had to put money down right now, Falcons at four, who do, whose name are they turning in? Mm, that's, that's tough. Uh, give, me, give me Justin Fields. Okay. That's actually who I'm thinking, thinking too. So basically the yeah. Bengals have just yeah. an embarrassment of riches at five. Again, they can't go wrong. It seems like, it seems like they're going Chase because it'll – all the con- yeah, all the conversations I've had and, and everybody that I've talked to in around that building, I, I, I would be, I would be absolutely stunned if Jamar Chase wasn't the pick. Yeah, and I think more than likely he'll be available at five. I think he's the player that's most likely to be available at five. Again, it's like not much of a difference between Chase's likelihood, Sewell's likelihood, Pitts's likelihood. It seems like they'll all be available at five. Yeah, I definitely. And I think we'll, I think we'll look back and we'll be all very happy after draft night. Yes, it's going to be fantastic to watch. And, again, this debate has just made me – at times I've just been like, I will be disappointed if Jamar Chase is a Bengal. I'll be disappointed if Kyle Pitts is a Bengal. I'm like, I can't have that mentality as a Bengals fan. Right. I want to root for my guy. Right. Right. No, it does not matter at the end of the day, right, when you take yourself out of the debate. And I know some people still trying to make it a debate. They're even still trying to include Kyle Pitts. And I'm just like, it's a tired argument at this point. But – um I, I just think that we all have to take a look at it from the outside looking in. They're getting a great player at five, yeah, regardless. regardless, right? And uh, it, you know, you you, you got to just be excited, be excited for the direction of the football team, be excited for the new threads, be excited for the city. It, it's a, it's an exciting time to be a Bengals fan. Yeah. So here's a question because the Chiefs are just ridiculous right now. What's your timeline for the Bengals being competitive in the playoffs? What do you think? When do you think they can do it? Not this year, but next year. I think the I think the Bengals can make the playoffs this year potentially. It'll take it'll take a couple of breaks, but I think they have the I think they have the quarterback to do it, and I certainly think I expect this defense to take leaps and bounds this year. Um, but competitive, give me one more year. 
yep. competitive in the playoffs one more year. And I'd be honest with you, I think that the Bengals, the way they're building that roster, they'll build, they're building it for major success. I think because, uh, like, I looked at the free agency signings with, like, Hendrickson and Ogan Joby, and it seems like they're not trying to go for, like, a blow-you-away defense, just a competent defense to stop. Oh, the- I mean, I, I, think, oh, I think people – Ogan Joby was one of my favorite signings. Ogan Joby was, he was played out of position with the Cleveland Browns. He's a three-tech, right? He's a three-tech, and he's dominant, too, when he plays three-tech. The guy has wrecked us a few games as well. Um, he's also Ogan Joby's gonna, line that's overshadowed by, like, Miles Garrett and Nalj Davis right. and – Right. I think you're going to see a noticeable difference between Larry, with Larry Okunjobi. Sign him on the one-year deal, hoping, you know, to obviously hoping he has a good year bringing him back and stuff like that. I think we should see improvements from everybody on that defensive line, especially with Marion Hobby. I definitely expect the Bengals to produce a lot of sacks this season, a lot. So do they play a 5-2 or a 4-3? I think he said Lou wants to play a multiple. So Okay. Um, basically, yeah. that line's going to be Hubbard, DJ Reader, Okunjobi, Trey Hendrickson. And maybe yeah. a DT in, in between there at some point. And, uh, you know, so you want an actual – you want another pass rusher. They do. I know they are targeting another pass rusher as well. They got to get another pass rusher in the draft. In the draft, yeah. Do you have any, and, uh, any idea, like, what those names are? Or? Um, names that they're targeting? I don't want to say names that, the, I, that I've heard that they're targeting because um, I don't want to stop any – I don't want anything to come, into, uh, come in between, you know, a guy falling to them. Like last year, I knew that they extremely coveted it, uh, Logan Wilson. And they were praying that Logan Wilson fell to them. Like, they, they were so scared that he wasn't going to fall to them. He was – outside of Joe Burrow, he's probably their most coveted draft pick last year. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people know that. And, and I correctly were Akeem Davis-Gates last year. Yeah. Yeah. But when they drafted Logan Wilson, that, that – they exploded. They were hyped. They were excited. And, um, you know, I, 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 when I, I got wind of that beforehand, so I didn't say much. And I'm, I'm kind of in a similar situation this year. I will just say this, though. Uh, there is some prospects out there that you guys want to keep your eyes on, um, especially. Uh, I, I would just say look at schools like Pitt, 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 in uh, Louisiana Tech. Okay, I will absolutely. I'll keep that in mind. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This has been an excellent conversation. I'll plug awesome, it. man. Um, do you have any uh, social medias I can find you on? Or uh, yeah, you find obviously follow me on Twitter, Right Report, Instagram, Right Report. Follow my company, more importantly, my company TWSN. TWSN. We have a mobile app, TWSN. We have the website, TWSN.net. We just uh, got a, a partnership going with uh, USA Today, so we're super excited about that. Got a lot of awesome stuff happening, and you know, it's a it's a it's a great time. So uh, I'm happy that I could be the Bengals, uh, you know, unofficial Adam Schefter of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> And um, Barry. yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. We're, we're excited for uh, the future. And like I said, I think that this team is on the up and up and we have a lot of good things to look forward to. But Alice, you're doing something great here, man. I appreciate you having me on. Dude, thank you so much. Like I've been like, uh, I was trying to, I had my, my buddy Tyler has a connection at Cincy Jungle and I was going to try and like get into like sports writing and stuff like that. And I think his buddy Nathan works at Cincy Jungle. So I'm like trying like, um, yeah, still send him some articles and stuff like that. I wrote a, um, just for fun, I wrote a Why Your Team Sucks article for the Bengals. Have you ever read those? I don't think I ever have. It's uh, Drew McGarry. He works for uh, Defector. He used to be on Deadspin. Okay. He writes a yearly roast series called Why Your Team Sucks. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. Right, and right, right, right. One for fun. Did, and... did you enjoy it? Oh, it was so much fun. And <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just all in good fun. I'm a huge Bengals fan, but like, Part of being a Bengals fan for me is like having a sense of humor about when absolutely about their, about absolutely. Their, I mean, 
you know, growing up in Jersey, I've heard it all. You bungles, bungles, bungles. Yep. So I'm like, you know, kind of, you kind of get used to it at this point. You're like, ah, okay, comes with the territory. It's all good. So yeah, draft is on Thursday. Um, again, rounds two and three on Friday. I'm trying to go to Cleveland, but I don't know if I can get off work soon enough. But <laughs> it's going to be fun. Sure, um, I think I'm going to try to live stream this on our one of our sponsors, Locker Room. I'll plug the ad uh, when I can. But dude, Malik, thank you so much for coming on. I'll, I can't wait to release the episode. I can't wait to tell people about it. Um, anything? Any final? Any parting thoughts? Any? Any last? No, nah, man. Before the draft. I had nothing. Uh, go Bengals today. We're excited. Let's let's, day, uh, let's have a great a great draft, man. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. I just can't wait for the debate to be over. I just like I can't wait. To- it's it's over in my mind. <laughs> what? That's it. It's over in my mind already. I just think people at this point are just need something to talk about until Thursday, so they're just talking about it. Yeah, still. they're just like just chirping at each other, and we're just like Team Sewell, Team Chase. I'm just like I'm Team Jacob. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, um, Malik, again, I, this has like been like my third goodbye, but dude, thank you so much for coming on. Um, for I'm sure. Recording here, but dude, again, thank you so much. And for sure, man. I gotta, I gotta get your, your socials, man. You like, I like what you're doing here. Do you follow me already? I believe so. Um, let me check. Real just quick. shoot me a DM. My DM should be open. I'll follow Give you a follow. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a second. Uh, I'll, if I don't follow you already, I know, I, I know my podcast does. Boom, doom. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome, right. man. My well, personal Twitter just followed you. Uh, I think my Bengals, my podcast Twitter feed already followed you. So Awesome, yeah, man. Well, keep up, keep, up, keep up the good work and what you're doing, my man. Keep it up. And uh, I'll join you on here anytime you need. Just let me know. Dude, thank you so much, man. We'll have you. You want to come, on, come back on, say, in like June or July or like a season sure. three or something like that? No, no worries at all, man. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, where are you based out of, by the way? Uh, Jersey, but I'm moving to Cincinnati next summer. Not this summer, next summer. No shit, man. Are you coming like for like Bengals games at all? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, I'm coming yeah. for Bengals. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be out there a lot actually, because I'm gonna be buying a place. So. Um, oh, nice, man. Yeah, yeah we'll so, do. We'll link up, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, we gotta get together. We gotta get together for sure. You're a good dude, man. Thank you so, dude. You too, man. It's fucking awesome, dude. So, yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate. One more thing before we go off the air. Fuck you, COVID-19. We like the Bengals. Why, man? Fuck you. We like the Bengals.